ready. Game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. What's up? Happy Tuesday. Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you on a victory week. Johns, I have to say, it's kind of, it's it's nice to have uh, a win to talk about and, you know, the the world and the franchise isn't falling apart for a few days at least. The world world is still falling apart though. Uh, The franchise is okay here. Happy Tuesday. So what were the past six Tuesdays? Um, no thank you Tuesdays or uh, ah. down and out of it Tuesdays? Just bad Tuesdays? I didn't think that far ahead. Awful Taco Tuesdays? I don't really do Taco Tuesdays. Oh, come on. I just have tacos whenever I want. I don't think uh, they need to be defined to one day. I like Taco Tuesdays. Fine. I like Taco Wednesdays and Taco Fridays. It's a lot of tacos. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome in. This is uh, the Bears have a. I remember feeling the same way last year. Um, by the way, you drinking out of a Bailey's mug? Yeah, but no alcohol. No, no wonder yes. you're so happy today. <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> um, Got a lot to say. Got a lot to get off my chest today, Adam. It's weird because uh, I. Like I was honestly, I I don't know that I've ever felt so conflicted writing my ten bears things on a Monday, because, and, and we're gonna we have Matt Bowen coming on the podcast today, which is great. We love talking to Matt Bowen, and, and he's got uh, I I know he's got some good things on Trubisky, but, and, and I like Potsy's question to Nagy yesterday, like, Coach, is this real? Like, what does this mean? All of a sudden, like Trubisky comes back from being benched. It's not just. Yes, it, it, the it, the con, the full context matters. He's played bad defenses. The, the Packers, the Lions, and the Texans are all uh, in the in the 20s or 30s in uh, defensive DVOA. But there's still a there's still also a difference on the tape. So it's it's just I, I guess it's this never ending conversation of how real is it? What does it all mean? I, I just think it's it's still better than the alternative, right? Like if yeah. <laughs> like he's supposed to, like so good. Like you did what you're supposed to do. Maybe even a little bit better than what other quarterbacks have done against the the Texans. Um, I, I looked up the the past five games that quarterbacks have played against the Texans. Trubisky just happens to be better than them all. I'm I'm just saying again. We're we're not saying he's the savior, but he played well. Give him credit. You still have to go out and do it. It's not like the the Texans just like laid over and gave him the 36 points. Yeah, on a way. Maybe at one point they did, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, the and welcome in Foss on Twitter at Adam Hogue H O G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. We'll get to your voicemails here in a second. We have a special appearance from a former bear on the voicemails, um, and you can read us at 
NBCSportsChicago.com. That's where I'm at. That's where you can find my 10 Bears things. And, all of course, Johnsy's coverage is all up on The Athletic, as well as Kevin Fishbane, who we'll hear from in this podcast as well. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You just heard the uh, ad at the top. You can get two for one right now subscriptions, and you can give those away uh, to somebody for Christmas, which is a great idea. I did that for my dad a couple years ago. Uh, all right. The oh, I was gonna say the so it's interesting. I looked at some of the efficiency numbers with Mitch, and the last three weeks, so since he's come back from the bye and the benching, Mitch is the essentially the ninth most efficient quarterback in the NFL, which is which is great. Like you'll you'll take that right, and that's that's um that's taking expected points added uh, per play. And it's a composite score with um, completion percentage over expectation, which Mitch has actually been very good at the last few weeks. So I don't know. You uh, you adjust for opponent a little bit, and you could say that at least factoring that in over the last three weeks, he's been in the top half of quarterbacks. Now, if you want to get crazy and make the sample size even smaller, actually, if you just look at the last two weeks, yes, against the Lions and Texans, I get it. He's actually number two to only Aaron Rodgers. So that's getting a little crazy and probably not real. But I do, it's always kind of been this conversation we've talked about with Trubisky. Like if he could just be in the top half of quarterbacks with this defense, you probably have a pretty good team. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, the last three weeks, that's kind of what you have. Unfortunately, the Bears are still one and two in those games. You still have to go out and do it, right? Well, yeah, I feel like that Lions loss is going to... This thing a bit. Thank you, defense, for for that one. But you still have to go out and do it, right? Like coaches can make things easier for you, but you still have to go out there and execute. You still gotta beat the opponent, you know, and <laughs> those play calls. I get that Trubisky has a, a history of playing exceptionally well against bad defenses and then dropping off considerably against everybody else, especially good defenses, even worse. But you know what? You take what you can get at this point, and the Bears should be happy. Six game winning, six game winning, six game losing streak is over. Your quarterback's playing well. Just outplayed Deshaun Watson. You take it. But that's why I think these last three games matter. Um, because, and I think the Vikings, who are not perfect as a defense, but they'll provide a stiffer test. And, and Mike Zimmer knows Trubisky, knows the Bears. He knows how to confuse him, and he'll 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 do that. So how Trubisky performs in this game Sunday, I think, matters. Um, you know, the Jaguars, whatever. But then you have the Packers in Week 17. There could be a lot on the line, actually. The more, and we'll probably get into that a little bit in this podcast as well. So um, the test will be tougher, especially this week, I think. And I'm really interested to see how Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, and Mitch Trubisky attack it because their game plan against the Texans was great and how they eliminated J.J. Watt, how they got the running game going, how they simplified the reads for Trubisky. I think everyone's wondering, though, why can't it look like that every week? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into that with with Matt Bowen, our friend from ESPN here later in the podcast because I think when people use the word simplification – it's used as a criticism yeah. of quarterbacks. And I, I think well, I understand where that may be coming from. I, I think it's 
it fails to encompass what's really going on and maybe fails to take into account what's really going around going on around the league. So, yeah, this is a big game, Adam. Playoff game, really for both teams. I mean, Playoffs. whoever wins is is back in the – it remains in the hunt. Well, the other one has a lot of catching up to do. I mean, they both have the same record. The, the Vikings are ahead of the Bears just because they had beaten them before. But it's a playoff game, man. Playoffs, yeah. Should feel yeah. like that this Sunday. It, it's essentially an elimination game. Yes. Because I, I think realistically you need to win all three of these games. Um, and obviously if you lose Sunday, that doesn't accomplish that that goal. Um, and you're still a game behind the Cardinals. So uh, although I was looking at the tiebreakers a little bit more, I actually think the the Bears will have the tiebreaker against the Cardinals if they end up tied uh, by virtue of common opponents. So again, you're going to need a little bit of help, but maybe not as much help as you thought. However, you have to win these last three games. And at least at a minimum, you want to go into week 17 with a chance to beat the Packers and make the playoffs. So put a lot of pressure, be a lot of pressure on everybody, but it would also be a lot of fun. Um, okay. Let's get to our voicemails. Shall we? I want to I want to challenge our listeners too because there's a former Bears player. I probably some people probably know this from Twitter, but um, can you pick out the voicemail left from a former Bears player? Might not be that easy. I'm not sure. I haven't really heard this yet, but I know I know it's good. So let's jump into our voicemails. The first victory voicemails in a really really long time. Hello. Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Tick, 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 tick. Hoagie Cat, John Z. Bob Dabrowski here. It's uh, T-minus about two hours before kickoff. I'm down in uh, Houston, Texas at Reliance Stadium. I got my dates mixed up. Apparently this is a home game, but I'm not allowed in either way. It doesn't matter, so I'm down in Houston. Anyway, boys, uh, we got a, uh, a big game here. Apparently... I did some research, and the Bears could have drafted Deshaun Watson in 2017. Who knew? Anyway, I think that uh, Mitch Trubisky throws for 100 touchdowns and uh, leads the Bears to a victory. I, I don't know. I don't care anymore. doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? We're just watching football for the next four weeks. doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, I guess let's go Bears. Whatever. Who cares? Bye. All right, I'm watching this Bears game. Here's the thing. The Bears are back, baby. And you know what? Monday, Tuesday, if you had practice scheduled, Matt Nagy, cancel practice. You got to get out there. You got to record the Super Bowl shuffle. This team's going all the way, baby. Bear down. How about that handoff from Mitchie Trubisky? What a touchdown handoff! Uh, hello, Adam, and uh, the uh, the other Adam. Yes, I have. To, this is Harold Schwartz. Uh, yes, and I I have to agree that um, Mitchell Trubisky is uh, uh, the very best at handoff. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. You want positive voicemails? Well, I'm positive that Eddie Jackson does not want contact. All right, later. Wow, can you imagine how many Jimmy Graham touchdowns we would have been able to see if Nagy's ego didn't get in the way and make us watch Foles for half the season? Yo, it's Eric from India again. 
thirty to seven at half. Offense looks great. Defense looks like the old defense. Great. Offensive line looks great. I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Uh, extend pace. Ready? Extend Nagy. And ready for this? Sign Trubisky to a big deal. Oh baby. Oh baby. Let's do it. Bear down. Credit where credit's true. You know they did it very well today. But now comes the conversation. Do you extend Trubisky? Controversial. You take a huge gain to Robinson to start the second half like that, and then get backed up first and 25. The, the, the way that this team finds ways to not score touchdowns in the third quarter is just unbelievable. 33 points. Holy shit. I'm in such a good mood. I can't even think straight. Mitchell Trubisky, baby. This is really bittersweet. That one coin, we win. Congratulations against a bad Texans team. On the other coin, we're not going to get a top 10 pick. We're going to be stuck at 8-8, eight and eight, picking at 17. And there's going to be all these questions about Matt Nagy saving his job. I don't like this at all. Hey, Vincent. D-Man here. Bringing back some positivity. Bear down. No, we're on that post-game victory high here, but hear me out. Why can't we keep Mitch and still draft a quarterback? Maybe we just start by getting rid of Ted Phillips and we give Nagy at least one more year. Maybe get rid of Pagano and see where we go from there. Thanks, boys. So you're saying there's a chance. Bear down. It was a good Bears victory. I was really happy today. Wouldn't have you just loved if Mitch at the press conference had just said, where was Watson drafted? Dropped the mic and walked out. Thanks, bear down. All right, I don't know what everybody is talking about, about firing Ryan Pace. Per our friends at PFF, we know how reliable they are. 2017 quarterback class passer rating today. Mitchell Trubisky, 126.7. Deshaun Watson, 101.9. Patrick Mahomes, 91.9. Clearly mentions the best out of this class. Go Bears. Guys, this is what this team is capable of. I mean, I wish they would play like this every week. This is what I call the Bears tickle. They just, you know, give you a little bit more hope, even though when there's no hope left. I don't know. I'm back in. Let's go. Bear down. Playoffs. Oh, the old Bears tickle. <laughs> we might have to use that. That's pretty good. The Bears tickle. That replaces my flirtations of like 100-yard rushing games. We call that the old Bears tickle, everybody. I like that. The Bears tickle. Good stuff there. I uh, Good round of voicemails. Way to have fun with it. And uh, could you could you pick out the, the Kyle Long voicemail in there? Was he the second one? He was. Yeah, he was. He was. He did a pretty good impersonation of a Bears fan. He did. But right at the beginning, I could tell. You know, I could hear that it was Kyle. That was a good Chicago accent he threw on. It's pretty good. He's around Chicago long enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Very very well done. So uh, he tweeted at us during the game that he left the voicemail. So we were excited about it. It was good stuff. We appreciate it. And that's uh, that's. We always love our voicemailers. Well, I, I felt he'd be fired up about the offensive line, right? Like, yeah, Alex Barr, Sam Mustafer, great football, man. Well, it's been really hard to watch that unit. As somebody who appreciates offensive line play and might 
constantly be trying to get certain players benched on there. I appreciate that they're <laughs> that they're coming together and they you know they look competent the last couple of weeks. It's good. They look good. Yeah. Speaking of uh, a competent looking good, it appears our friend Kevin Fishbait is on the podcast now. Back when I was uh, single and on dating apps, it actually said competent and looking good under my description. Swipe right. Is that the right way? I, I never use those. Is, are you supposed to, is, is right good or left good? Uh, swipe right is good. Man, I'm I'm getting old. This was a long time ago. It might did be Adam different. Hoke just humble humble brag and say I never had to use that before? He just did. He said that. No, that wasn't a humble. No, that's the opposite. Of, I'm too. I was too old for that. No, you're not too old for that. The, when I started dating Krista, there was no such thing as a dating app. Swiping, okay. Yeah, like, I, I don't. Uh, I don't miss the days of swiping. I did not meet my wife via the app. I should point out. But the apps, you know, look. This, that's how you. That's how you meet people these days. You guys. You guys were old. That wasn't how it was done. We did it the old-fashioned way. Went up to people at parties or bars and had conversations. Well, what I mean, look where we're at now. The, 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 now people have dates over Zoom. That's true. I assume. I don't know. That, that, that's got to be tough in 2020. Um, hey, I think we just invented a segment, swipe left or swipe right. Are you guys swiping left or swiping right on Mitch Trubisky in 2021? For what team? The Bears. Oh. <laughs> Who's the coach? Can I like see more and scroll through the profile? No. <laughs> you got to make an instantaneous reaction sitting at TJ Donlin's on the ah. patio, just looking at your phone, Boom, swipe left, swipe right, Mitch Trubisky. Yes, I don't know. You hesitated too long. The app crashed. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I got a lot of follow ups. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hit the picture and look at the look you're, at the you're, bio. You're the, and you're starting the text message, you know, exchange. And I'm starting to under, I'm, I'm starting to understand why Kevin didn't meet his wife on the dating app. <laughs> Whoa. I was very picky when I was on the app. <laughs> I was really judging profiles. If you had a grammatical error in your uh, app profile, that was an immediate swipe left for me. A Northwestern F or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. One of my roommates. You she, would. One of my roommates. She was like very offended when she when she heard that, and I found out that that, that was probably because she had grammatical errors on her own dating profile. And you swipe left. So. But uh, hey, I'm with you. I I think that's a very good judge of character. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 2021. I think in the right system, the right team, the right head coach, I think Mitch Trubisky could be a a fine quarterback. I always like to say this about Mitch. 2018 happened, right? It's real. Yeah. Like it, you know. There's evidence of it, of occurring. Look, he was an average quarterback in 2018. But the guy threw twice as many touchdowns as he threw interceptions that year. <laughs> and he did it in a Matt Nagy offense, too. I don't know. Yeah. It ha- it, like, I, I just think that, you know, not to get into a, a longer Mitch Trubisky tangent, but like, there are a lot of quarterback busts in the draft that would love to have Mitch Trubisky's career. I'm not sure. Yeah, look, I understand it's a very low bar, but I'm setting. But 2018 happened. What he's done the past couple of weeks, that happened. I mean, the guy, like, it's real, as Matt Nagy said. Like, the guy can play. Just you just need a lot to uh, a lot working around him. 
All right, I want to attack kind of what you were just talking about. Um, and also in the context of Matt Nagy again bringing up Alex Smith's name in uh, Monday's press conference. But what more with Kevin Fishman? We need to take a timeout, and we're going to bring in Matt Bowen next because Matt had uh, has a lot to uh, good stuff on Mitch. What's really how this has been working offensively, schematically in the last couple of weeks, why it's working, and whether or not it's sustainable. So, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's bring in an old friend of the podcast. He's been with us many times before, but the first time this season, at least, Matt Bowen is with us. Matt, what's going on? Going on, guys. How are you? Very good, very good. We actually have a, a Bears win to talk about for the first time in forever. <laughs> it's different, but uh, a lot of different things, I, I think, led to that Bears win. No, I would agree with that, and they played well. Look at what they're doing offensively, really, in the last two weeks. I understand it's against Detroit and Houston. I'll tell you this. These games are hard to win, no matter who you're playing, and that, that's from studying the tape and even going back to when I played. There's so much preparation that goes into these games, and you're seeing right now, offensively, how they're creating a rhythm, especially in the pass game with Mitchell Trubisky. More, much more of a heavily schemed passing game, much more defined throws, or trying to create those rhythm throws for Mitch. And I really like what they're doing. You know, starting with Detroit and then again to this past Sunday against Houston, you're seeing Mitch more under center, right? What are you getting off that play action? Play action with six, sometimes seven-man protection that gives them a clean pocket and defined reads where to go with the football. Then you're seeing play action plus boot. Now you're getting the young tight end, Cole Komet, involved. What are you doing there? You're moving the pocket. You're getting Mitch away from bodies out into open grass where he can use his eyes, easy one to two read, get the ball out of his hands. More run pass options or RPOs. You saw that uh, against Houston on the Mooney touchdown pass and the big play to Allen Robinson. Now you're giving Mitch the ability to count numbers pre-snap or make a read off of a conflict defender for run pass and get the ball out of his hands again. And the last thing I saw is more leveled reads. And what do you mean by leveled reads? Well, an uh, easy way to say that is create a high-low read for Mitch. You got an underneath guy who's running a, a sit route. You got Robinson or another wide receiver over the top. Again, level read, process quickly, get the ball out of your hands. And you're seeing production now in the pass game, really much a much more efficient passing game in general. And the last thing I'll mention, when they read single high coverage, you know where the ball is going. It's going to Robinson. So if he's split out wide, and they do – look, Nagy and Bill Lazor have done a great job moving Allen Robinson around the formation. When he's split out wide and they see man coverage, especially press coverage, that's where the ball is going. You throw back shoulder or you throw front shoulder on the fade and let your number one wide receiver go make a play for the quarterback. I should mention uh, you should follow Matt Bowen on Twitter at MattBowen41. You can find him on ESPN and the uh, NFL Matchup Show does outstanding work there. Matt, you know, what, what you're getting at there I think is is what we're kind of grappling with this week. Um, 
and and how real this really is with Mitch Trubisky the last couple weeks because I don't think there's any debating watching the tape there's a lot of good things you see all the things that you just mentioned and but we also know the history and that some of those things you're talking about him making the right reads knowing first play of the game oh I got a light box I have the option to keep it throw it or even run myself but this is where I handed off to Montgomery made the right decision 80 yard touchdown there was many plays like that throughout the game where he made the right decision how much of this is the Bears just simplifying those reads, as you just mentioned, but also what you do have to account the defenses, and we've seen so many times in the past that when defensive coordinators do a good job of confusing Mitch, those reads aren't always made correctly. No, and that's the next step. You can define throws as much as you want at any level of the game. Um, but the ultimate thing for Mitch, for him to take the next step, is still to – how do I say this, you know, become better as a drop back thrower. I think this is what I'm trying to get at here. Adam has become better as a drop back thrower when the pocket gets a little muddy. And that's where he struggled. You go back to that green Bay game, the Sunday night game, when the pocket gets a little muddy, you know, Mitch doesn't have high level pocket feel right now, in my opinion. And when that happens, you see his mechanics start to slide a little bit because he starts to lock that front leg as a thrower. Then his ball location becomes a little erratic. And you bring up a great point. We saw it against Detroit and Houston. He played very well. Well, against Mike Zimmer this week, Mike Zimmer's going to scheme up Mitchell Trubisky. They're going to show double A-gap pressure. They're going to bring pressure off the edges. They're going to rotate coverages, a lot of late safety movement and disguise to make him process more. So, yes, you can scheme up a quarterback as much as you want, give him those defined reads. But you always have to say, what's your plan B? What's your plan B when that defined read, that defined throw is not there? That's when Mitch has to play high-level play high level from the pocket. And that's what you really want to see in terms of evaluating him looking forward for the rest of the season. And then obviously into free agency, what your decision is going to be with Mitch is can he be that guy that can win for you from the pocket when things aren't, you know, schemed or scripted for him. I think when, and man, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago about when people start using the words simplification or scheming up things for the quarterback, like as a guy who who lives through the X's and O's and has played in this league, like what what's the best way to maybe describe that in terms of what it means for the quarterback? Like, is that a criticism? Is it like how widespread do you actually see it? I know we talked about this in the past, but um, there's other teams who do similar things to make life easier for their quarterbacks. Is there not? Everyone does. Look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers under Matt Lafleur. That is, I would call that a very heavily schemed passing game. And off of that, what Rodgers does is he takes the one-on-one matchups when he has them. Okay, kind of similar to what we were just talking about with Allen Robinson outside. You look at Mitch, whether it's Devontae Adams, Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, when he has the one-on-one matchups, that's where he goes with the football. But the rest of it, I mean, it's a lot of boot, a lot of play action, a lot of, a lot of multiple tight end personnel. I mean, Matt LaFleur's offense is very similar to, you know, different formation, different personnel, but in terms of play calling, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, Sean McVay in Los Angeles. Those are very heavily schemed offenses. Okay, the difference there is with Rodgers is he is such a high-level player in the pocket, and he has very high-level second reaction ability as well. Okay, when things go south, he can can make plays off schedule or off script. But in terms of that offense, you're not going to find a winning football team that isn't heavily schemed. Sean Payton and Drew Brees, one of the most heavily schemed offenses I've ever seen. Uh, that is scheme right there. That is creating matchups. That is creating space for your wide receivers. Uh, that is creating open coverage voids for Drew to get the football out. 
especially at this stage of his career when he has limitations as a deep ball thrower. So you're really scheming intermediate windows and underneath windows for Drew to use his high-level processing ability, his quick release, and his ball location, which is still some of the best in the NFL. But all these offenses are schemed. Even at the high school level, Adam, you're not going to go out there and say, give the ball a quarterback and say, go make a play for us. You know, that's just, that's just not real football. So everyone is schemed to an extent. Just sometimes with quarterbacks, you really have to scheme for them to get them into that rhythm. And that's what we've seen the last two weeks with the Chicago Bears coaching staff and Mitch. Yeah, Matt, I think that's part of the frustration, right? Because um, this this match between what Matt Nagy wants to do and how Mitch Trubisky fits that. Um, you know, I compared it in something I wrote yesterday to like a door in your house that just won't latch no matter how much you fiddle with it. Like you just right. can't get it to fit. And then all of a sudden the last couple of weeks and maybe it's some growth that Trubisky had when he got benched. Maybe it's Bill Lazor calling plays, but everything that you're, you're talking about here. It's it, there's a something that's clicking, and probably some of that's playing the Lions and Texans too. But I guess the the frustration is, you know, why did it take so long to get to this point? And then actually, what I want to ask you more about is what they should do going forward, because the Bears don't really have a solution in 2021 at quarterback. And the more you think about things and where they're going to draft and where they are against the cap, I, I don't know that bringing Mitch Trubisky back isn't the worst idea, but. If you're going to do that, you have to keep doing what you've been seeing the last couple of weeks, right, to, to help the system help Mitch. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, you're still, as a football team, playing for a possible spot as that seven-seed playoff team in, in the NFC. That's what you do as coaches. That's what you do as players. That's why you're paid. It's the business of winning. But during that business of winning, this is a, an evaluation period for Mitch, 100%, Adam, an evaluation period for Mitch. Uh, from their pro personnel department and their coaching staff in terms of grading him over the final course of the season to make that decision once you get to the offseason. But in terms of what you're saying, Adam, you have to adapt. Okay, you have to adapt. You have, to, in my opinion, from a coaching perspective with Mitch, I like him under center. I like him a lot under center, more so than as a shotgun thrower. Now, the shotgun throws, when you're throwing quick game and RPOs, I understand that. But I like him under center where you can use the play action, get off that drop, plant the back foot, See it and throw it. See it and throw it. You're going to have an open window there. You're going to scheme that window, put them in a position to make plays. So you are seeing that coaching staff starting to adapt a little bit. We're seeing more under center. We're seeing more movement. We're seeing more movement before the football too. And what you're doing with that, guys, and every, you know, the Buffalo Bills do it with Josh Allen. You're giving the quarterback pre-snap indicators. Move a guy. See if it's man. Who goes with them? You know, you're giving him matchups, the ability to process even more before the ball is snapped in terms of the offseason we'll see what they do with mitch you know look at the other options that are going to be out there i agree with you on the draft they're not going to be in position to draft a high level quarterback that's just how it is so who's going to be out there could you go get sam Darnold? maybe you know what is sam Darnold going to cost probably a two and maybe a five next year because he is a former first rounder he still has first round traits would you offer a fifth round pick this year for gardner Minshew? Man. When you no no okay, I'm just asking I'm just asking you guys no no I don't think so the Darnold in, in, intrigues me just because like, he is a first round pick mm-hmm. you see those occasional flashes and, and I would say fewer flashes than, than Mitch uh, at least showed earlier in his career but um the 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 parting with like high round picks 
even for a guy like that, like it just seems to to be too costly for me when he might have to do some confidence repairing with, with a guy like that after what he just went through in New York. Yeah, you're going to have to really coach up Sam Darnold because he is inconsistent, but he has first-round traits. I mean, that's that's what he what he has. He has first-round traits. He's got second reaction ability. He's got enough arm talent. He's a mover, um, but he has struggled. He struggled in terms of just being too loose with the ball, you know, yeah. allowing teams to take the football away from them. doesn't matter, again, what level. You just can't win with that. Matt, I want to ask you about the Bears' running game too because okay. that's the other part of this equation. I mean, it's it's been much, much better with uh well two things it's been better since the bye week since the changes they made up front so i'm curious what you've seen there uh, and what you might like about some you know i don't know whether it's sam mustafer alex Barr, some of these guys that have been slid in there but big picture too i mean you go, even go back to the first couple weeks of the season the running game has been working with mitch as the quarterback and was an Ooh. absolute failure with nick Foles out there um and you could probably explain that better than than we can well, I think there's a couple of things. One, they are playing better on the offensive front. Okay. They are, in my opinion, playing much better, especially guard to guard. Okay. They're getting more movement off the ball. You're seeing guys climb to the second level easier. Um, and in terms of the, the, the schematics of it, well, start with the shotgun runs with Mitch Beckton. Well, Mitch is a threat to run the football. Even if he doesn't, he's still a threat to run the football. What that does, that creates angles and opportunities for David Montgomery on inside zone schemes because now you can have Mitch – hold that backside defensive end. You saw it on Sunday versus the Texans. I mean, you know, why Why block J.J. Uh, Watt when you can just read him, right? Why block him? Why even, why even bother? I wouldn't do it either. If you have a defender that is a dominant defender, especially on inside zone schemes, well, you ride that running back through the mesh point and the quarterback blocks him. He doesn't really block him, but just because of the threat of running the football, it's going to hold the backside defensive end. So now you get another hat to the front side to run the football. And again, angles and opportunities off that from David Montgomery, who plays with really good vision. He, he can stack moves. He's got lateral ability. And what you're seeing now, guys, is he's making people miss. That's the biggest thing. He's making people miss. And people say, well, David doesn't have home run ability. Well, we saw the last couple of weeks he's ripped off some, some big-time plays, the one against Green Bay and obviously the one on Sunday against Houston. Um, so he's not, a, you know, he's not Dalvin Cook in that sense where he's going to give you consistent home run ability. But I want a guy who can move the chains. A guy who's physical, who's got contact balance, it can make people miss, and that's what you're seeing right now with David Montgomery. To, to go off that, to, to build that, on that Montgomery conversation, um, Matt, you played in the league. You you were a safety. Just the, his style and his, his ability to, like you mentioned, his contact balance, like his ability to, to break off, break tackles, and, and carry a few guys. He, he's not the, the biggest guy, but I'm curious just – I don't know if unique is the right way to put it, but the, the way he's able to do it with his, his size, um, with the way he's he's got a, a slippery sense to him as, as well. Like, what are you seeing? Like, if you're a defensive coach, you coach defensive backs in high school. Like, what do you what do you tell your guys when when they're coming downhill to to make a play on David Montgomery? Well, the first thing is you have to square him up in the open field. The arm tackles ain't going to work. Lunging at his at the thigh boards is not going to work. Don't leave your feet. To, to tackle a player like David Montgomery, you need to have your shoulders square. You need to have some bend, and, and you need to explode on contact because he's going to drop his pads. And the number one thing about David is he runs behind his pads. Okay, what I mean by that, guys, is he's got that body length that he can drop a shoulder and either spin off or run through contact. You know, the, the comparison there, you know, David Montgomery versus Patterson, 
you know, as a defensive player, I'd much rather tackle Patterson because he's long-legged, he's a, he's a linear runner, and he can attack those thigh boards, right, because he is, has a much taller frame. Where with David, it's a much more compact frame, and he has, that, like we talked about, that contact balance, but also the juice to spin off the tackles. And that makes it extremely hard, especially in the open field in one-on-one situations. Matt, what do you think happened to the Bears' defense there for those two weeks where things look pretty bad against the Packers and Lions? Um, probably helped against the Texans that even though they were facing Deshaun Watson, there weren't many other weapons out there. But it, it was just sort of surprising to see the defense essentially disappear for two weeks there. Against Green Bay, they, they didn't fit up the run very well. Um, they just didn't. They, they, made, they made errors in fitting up the run. And that has nothing to do with skill set or traits or, or talent ability. That's just technique and scheme. If you don't fit up the run the right way in this league, people are going to move the ball on you. And, and really, if you go back to the game against Rodgers and, and against Matthew Stafford, pass rush, pass rush. Those are two guys with really good movement traits, really good movement traits, and, and two quarterbacks who have elite arm talent and can throw the ball from any platform they want. So what are the Bears? They're, they're a zone-heavy team, a lot of split safety coverages. Where was the ball going in those games? The middle of the field, especially in the Detroit game. So many in-breaking routes because Stafford had time to maneuver, step up, slide, get outside the pocket, and drop down and throw from any any level or any platform. And eventually, guys are going to come open. They're just going to come open. And what you saw last week, pretty much the same coverage schemes. Quarters, cover six, which is quarter, quarter, half. But split safety zone coverage. Some cover three when they drop Eddie or, or Gibson down as a robber. But they got guys getting home to the quarterback. And I think it was really disciplined zone coverage on Sunday against Houston with the combination of the ability to rush the passer. And they did some things. You know, Chuck Pagano did some things. You know, the safety on Deshaun Watson was a really well-schemed pressure. They only brought four. But what they did, they dropped out a defensive end because people are attacking the interior of offensive lines with either twist stunts or slants. And in this situation, it was – Okay, we're going to slant the defensive front and bring Roquan off the edge. Well, guess what? Now the center is occupied. The tackle is occupied by Roquan, and you get exactly what you want. You get Khalil Mack versus a guard, and that's a matchup you'll take every time. They also use some twist hunts, and sometimes it was just guys winning one-on-ones. At the end of the day, really, that is the best thing. You can scheme all you want, but when you have guys winning one-on-ones up front, especially Edwards on Sunday, well, then you can you can play more aggressive coverage. You can – Take more risks in the secondary. You can drive downhill on crossers and try to take them away because your pass rush is getting home. Matt, the last thing I want to ask you, and we'll let you go, but it kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about earlier with Matt Nagy having to adapt. You know, mm-hmm. some of our listeners aren't even going to like to ask you this, but in a scenario where Nagy comes back next season, what do you think mm-hmm. he needs to do to be successful because I think we can all agree that we see, we see a lot of positives with him as a head coach, as a leader, as a guy who keeps the locker room together and the guy's playing for him. But his scheme just does not fit the personnel, whether it's quarterback or even some of the other guys around, with, probably up front most importantly with the offensive line. What does he need to do if he comes back in 2021 to make sure the Bears are moving the ball more efficiently? Uh, I think the, one of it's a run game. You know, be more consistent with the run game. You know, and balance is a relative term. We talk about that all the time. It doesn't mean the Bears have to have 30 pass attempts and 30 rush attempts. I'm not saying that. It's just that know your personnel. Uh, I, we were just talking about David Montgomery. I think David, the, the best way to describe him, he's a volume back, okay? He needs to build up throughout the game. He's a guy who needs 15 to 20 touches. 
I think you have to remind yourself going into football games is, look, I have a volume runner. I got to get him going. I got to get him going early. You know, I, I got to keep feeding him the football because I think they can set up opportunities in the pass game like we're seeing. Maybe they become more play action heavy, you know, depending on who the quarterback is. That's the, Obviously, that's the big thing here. Who is the starting quarterback next year? But let's say it's Mitch. Just because we're talking today. Let's say it's Mitch next year with this offense. And let's say they make some offseason additions on that offensive line to be much more um, consistent up front in both moving people off the ball in the run game and in pass protection. Maybe we see a situation where they become a more under-the-center football team with movement, outside zone run action, jet motion, getting people or testing the eyes of opposing defenses, creating open windows, using the traits of your quarterback too, using the traits of your quarterback where you get inside the red zone and you see more quarterback power, quarterback sweep with Mitch. Um, and also who's going to be a wide receiver? Allen Robinson is a free agent. That is a big one uh, is this as well. But from a scheme perspective, I would like to see them have more balance. Again, that's a relative term, but have more balance and use the quarterback more as a mover. Great stuff, Matt. We always love talking to you and, uh, Hopefully, I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the coming months as we get closer to the draft and all those types of things, but uh, always appreciate it, man. All right, guys. You'd be good. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right, more with Kevin Fishbane now. Follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Get your fun facts. You got a lot of praise for your fun facts last week. Yeah, the uh, the timeouts... Uh you know that 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 took off a little bit. Um, there was then, another there was another yeah. bad timeout on Sunday. There was, uh, yeah, it was the fourth quarter, and Mitch got sacked. I think mm-hmm. after the timeout. Don't wait, wait, wait! Don't bring the the other timeout up. Is that the one that happened in the two minutes that Kevin scolded me over text I, message? About? I scolded Hogue as well. Yeah, because yeah. Um, you know I think Matt Nagy very directly said take that to Kevin Fishbane in his press conference yesterday saying that, uh, you know, there was a timeout and Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky got on the same page. They saw a look that they hadn't practiced against all week and touchdown, bam, in your face. But Kevin's got his, uh, you know, you can shape all kinds of arguments based on when you want to set the cutoffs and he's cut it off and you can't do inside two minutes and uh, back in your face, Matt Nagy. Take that. No, I think he, his direct he, quote is take that and think about it. Well, you know, it's funny because when I first started the story, I, I did include timeouts within the final two minutes. The problem I had was all of those timeouts were taken because of time. Like, you know, because that, that was kind of the other half of the story is why they took out timeout in the first place. So it just made, it just seemed easier to kind of eliminate those. I will say the results after most of those timeouts weren't that much different than what we saw. So... And the Bears, I think in that two-minute, after one timeout, Mitch got sacked, and then a few plays later, timeout, touchdown, Allen Robinson. Uh, can I read you guys a tweet I just got? Sure. So uh, yesterday, uh, Monday, uh, I tweeted a gif of that Mitch Trubisky sidearm throw to Cole Komet, right? Yes. A- and I wrote, both Bears passing game coordinator Dave Bergone and quarterbacks coach Don- John Filippo singled out this throw from Mitch Trubisky to Cole Komet. That play going to his left to shape that on the move, that's as good as it gets, said Filippo. So that was my tweet. I didn't give my take on it. just tweeted it out there. Here's the response. Lucky throw. If it was skill, then please explain the previous games. SMH. One nice throw doesn't equal Patrick Mahomes. 
Did little Kevin even play football growing up? <laughs> LOL. Besides playing in recess? Nope. He was playing tetherball by himself is more like it. That's a great uh, tweet. <laughs> from at Chicago Made 34. <laughs> Twitter's the uh, worst. Uh, but those and, are the ones that just make you chuckle. Like I thought no, about I, get, little Kevin. That's an automatic <laughs> mute. Really? I, I looked yeah. at uh, I was gonna give one of those, you know, sir, this is a Wendy's uh responses, but uh that that those are the ones you just kinda Come on, Kev, that at least elicited a, a, a small laugh out of well, you. Right? Look, like, it was it was entertaining enough that I decided to use up a minute of the podcast yes. to uh yeah. to bring it up. Uh I will I, I think I, Hogue's more mad about it than you are. I just I hate actually, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I was pretty decent at Tetherball back in the day. Is that the ball and the string on the pole? Yeah. Yeah. I never understood that game. You just Hit the ball, and then it comes right, right back around to you. And how do you win? Uh, you got to get the ball wrapped around the pole all the way, or something. Huh. Yeah, that sounds pretty easy. Uh, well, you're going against somebody. Oh, now this tweeter thinks I was playing by myself the tether uh. ball. But yeah, get out of here, tweeter. Um, this is actually a good conversation or link to what I wanted to talk about, though, because. Um, it just goes back to the the wide extremes that people have on Mitch Trubisky, right? It's like you're either Team Trubisky or you need him out of here tomorrow. And I just feel like the real world, he's not nearly as bad as people want to say he is. And he's probably never going to be as good as obviously what Ryan Pace thought he'd be when he drafted him number two overall. But so Matt Nagy mentions Alex Smith again yesterday, and I, I just thought it was interesting because you know Alex Smith was in was in San Francisco for I think it was eight years, and yeah, and he was really never fi- he never really figured thing or started playing pretty well until year seven, year eight even. So he had a pretty long leash there. Um, however, that was at a, even at a different era where. You gave quarterbacks more time. Now it's like you got to play right away, and if you're not good right away, we move on from you right away. It's just kind of how the league has evolved. But I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that Mitch could have an Alex Smith-like career, which is both good and bad because it would be good in the way of, if I asked you this, given where the Bears are with the salary cap, where they're probably going to be drafting in the first round. Would you take Alex Smith as your quarterback next year? I'm not talking about like current Alex Smith, although that could be part of the conversation. Um, I'm talking about like I don't know Kansas City Chiefs Alex Smith. Would you Would you take that? I mean, I think most Bears fans would say absolutely. But the problem is, even if that's what Mitch Trubisky becomes. Well, when he started becoming that for the 49ers, they still benched him, played Colin Kaepernick, and got rid of him. And even though he won a ton of games in Kansas City, they still traded up and drafted Patrick Mahomes. So I guess the point I'm making is, would I bring Mitch Trubisky back if you told me he's going to be Alex Smith? I'd say yes. But at the same time, even if that's how it plays out, 
the Bears will and probably should always have one eye on their next quarterback. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Um, so when Matt Nagy said, like, this this is real, I didn't think he was lying. Um, I do tend to, I don't know if I rolled my eyes, but he does bring up Alex Smith a lot, and I get that he's his, his reference point, and I get that there's maybe in a couple of years from now we can have this conversation if something like this plays out for Trubisky, whether it's here or with, with, with another team, but... To, to your final point there, Adam, like to, to for the Bears to like always have their eye like on that guy, like that's just not like the Bears. And it'd be great if that was the Bears. Like this is the conversation I feel like Kevin brings up all the time, just in terms of drafting and continuously taking swings on that next quarterback, right? Or just any quarterback sometimes because of the value of the position. Um there's gonna be a lot of interesting discussions to be had, regardless of who is in charge of the Bears like after the season, and the quarterback's the priority, right? You can't just have Alex Smith be your – not sorry, Nick Foles be your guy under contract. But I know what you're saying. Um, I know what Matt Nagy's saying. Um, but in terms of the Bears, in a long-winded way, um, prove it. Let's see you take those swings on quarterbacks. You know, what's interesting about the Alex Smith comparison is – I think the idea was that Nick Foles was going to be Alex Smith, right? You know, you, that is a, a veteran who protects the football, who's very accurate, um, who's not going to make a ton of mistakes. You're not going to win because of him very often, but you're going to win with him. Like, that's Nick Foles. That was supposed to be Nick Foles, and he did not do that. Um, so that's kind of, to me, kind of the... the the ir- irony here uh, is that we're here talking about Mitch Trubisky potentially being Alex Smith when it was supposed to be the guy they traded a fourth round pick and gave eighteen million guaranteed to. You know, because like the thing about Alex Smith was, you know, he was always really good but not great, and that was why San Francisco and Alex and, and Kansas City they took the guys with the higher ceilings eventually. You know, Colin Kaepernick was able to take San Francisco to greater heights. Patrick Mahomes takes Kansas City to greater heights. I think you look at the Bears. And you look at what this defense could have been, could be. You don't necessarily need that, um, but you know, look, twenty eighteen showed you how far you can go with Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I just think that, yeah, if if you can get someone who's going to play like Alex Smith, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, you take it. I just think the 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 interesting part is that Matt Nagy sitting here being like, yeah, uh, he's comparing Mitch Trubisky to Alex Smith when really he traded or he helped engineer the trade for Nick Foles because he thought Nick Foles was going to be Alex. So, so here's here's my follow-up question that do, do you guys think that Matt Nagy has come back around to Mitch Trubisky like like he likes him again like they're 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 buddies again like he's he's realized his errors he's realized where he made a mistake and he He's stuck. I, I get that some of this is he's just stuck with Mitch and hoping for the best with Mitch at this point, but do you think he's actually learned from this and come back to, to Mitch being his guy? Do you wonder at all about that relationship? Because I, I, th- this is tough because we're not in the building this year, but I, I don't. I, I, I just get the sense that Cherbisky didn't wasn't really obviously he's not thrilled with getting benched. But like even the way it went down, and remember, even to the point that it was Bill Lazor who came up to him and told him he wasn't playing. Uh, and Nagy's alluded to a couple times that for the first couple weeks after that, 
they needed like their space. It didn't sound like there was a whole lot of communication no, between no, them yeah, no. for a couple weeks. And I just, I, I don't mean to get away from what you just asked, Johnsy, but I, I do. Well, it's part of it. I, I, it is part of it, and I, and I feel like there's, I feel like Nagy's probably struggling with it a little bit because it's, it's clear. I think the one thing that we, we know about Nagy is he really, really believes in his system. And as we talked about with Matt Bowen, like there's not an easy fit there with Trubisky and what Matt wants to do with his offense. He wants to run with what he was running with Nick Foles. Um, and so I think, I don't know if it's so much just like Nagy coming around on Trubisky as much as it's Nagy sort of coming around on the idea that he can't run that offense here right now. And I don't think he can run that offense here even next year with a different quarterback because he doesn't have the pieces all over the place. He's he, it's just not you, they don't they're not the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just they're just not. And so I think I think that's almost part of it too. Is that it's not just him coming around on Trubisky. I think it's him coming around on the whole idea of what he needs to do to actually move the football. Yeah. Well. Again, this is the point where we say he should have reached this a while ago, but you yeah. brought up in our, lot, in our last podcast a good point. Trubisky got hurt against the, the Saints, and they changed things a bit, even if he felt – like if, if Nagy felt compelled to go to Trubisky earlier than after the Vikings game, um, he just couldn't because of that one run he had where, you know, Trubisky's season actually became in doubt for – a little bit. So, you know, Mitch himself has said this relationship has had ups and downs. And I, I feel like if you listen to Trubisky now a little bit, you could see some of that anger, um, dissatisfaction, or, or feelings. Like, <laughs> feelings. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there's something else there that wasn't there before the benching, right? Like, there's something he's clearly is processing still, and now he's just trying to play through it. I get it, but it's clear that, you know, that that relationship was tested or or even broken at one point, and now they're trying to win and get through it. I wonder, wonder too, you know, uh, Mike Sando in his piece at The Athletic on Monday was talking about Jalen Hurts and the success that Jalen Hurts had against New Orleans, and he talked to a couple defensive coaches that were like, yeah, that's not going to last. Like that was the kind of the first response. And, and, and while I don't really love the, you know, Mitch Trubisky's been in the league long enough. We, we kind of know who he is. This is a little bit of a different Mitch Trubisky because it's a different offense. And I don't love the immediate response of it's the Texans, it's the Lions. Because, look, it, it, it's one thing to beat those teams. It's one thing to do to them what Mitch Trubisky did to them. But I do wonder when you think about Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy and how long this can go on for is how long can this offense, the way it's going to work? How many defenses can it work against? And if you're even thinking, and again, I don't know if it's worth thinking in 2021 with this duo together, you know, was this offensive line and wide receivers or running backs, were these guys uh, selected, acquired for the style of offense we're seeing with Mitch Trubisky? No, they weren't. They were acquired to be a part of a Matt Nagy offense. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that you would need to kind of sort through when you're thinking about like what these guys' futures can be, which is why, Hogue, when you, you asked a while ago about you know, 2021 Mitch Trubisky, to me, you know, if Matt Nagy's still the head coach here, 
you know, there, there, there's going to it's going to be Nick Foles and somebody else. And are you saying that because that's what you think Nagy's going to want, or because I think the other interesting part of it is like, I, and I wrote this in my ten bears things, like I would not blame Trubisky if he's just like, I want to go somewhere else into a system that yeah. No, I, I, I but, but here, here, here's here's the other layer to that. Like, where where where's his best opportunity to play? Uh, well, I, and that's later. the thing. Yeah. His best opportunity to start game one of next year might be in Chicago, because like I don't know where he's gonna go. Where they're just gonna anoint him the starter. He's the point, he's yeah. yeah he's gonna have to do like what Ryan Tannehill had to do. You know, either be the backup right away or best case scenario, compete for the starting job. And by the way, if he came back here, I think that would probably be what would happen. I don't think that they just say Mitch is our starter. I think they'd probably say that, you know, we're going to let Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky battle this thing out again. Minnesota I don't know Vikings. how that would sit with the fan base. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky I, I, versus Kirk Cousins quarterback competition. I, I do have one thought on this idea of Nagy's offense. Just like... I know he's got some stubborn qualities, but I also feel like he's got some open-minded qualities. Just you know, going back to what he's always said, you know, I like input from everybody. Maybe he's finally to the point where, like, you know what, like, what I had in mind when I first came here just isn't working. It looked good in one year, but there's no consistency here because of, of various things. Whether that's the quarterback, whether it's the offensive line, it's just not working. I don't have the same speed as the Kansas City Chiefs. So maybe his offense itself, his philosophies themselves, you know, like maybe they just change. You know, if we talk about him having growth as as a as a coach and, and being able to adjust to what he has, this is part of it. You know, he may love what he had when he first got here in 2018, but you got to be willing to change with what you got. You got to make you got sometimes you got to make lemonade out of, out of lemons somehow, right? Like you got to find a way to get the best out of your guys. Also, who's calling the plays? You know, if he comes back and Nagy's saying I'm calling the plays next year, I, I don't know. There's, a, there's a, like you said, Kev. There's a lot of layers to this. It's it's crazy we're even talking about this. You know, think about where we were a week ago, two weeks ago. But you know, look, they, I mean, they still have a chance at the playoffs, and we know how the McCaskies, you know, how they think, and and you know their affinity for the guys they already have in the building. I, I do wonder, like, if you're Mitch Trubisky and you're told, hey, you can come back to Chicago. A city with a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans that are so over you, with a head coach who benched you when the team was two and zero, where you're going to compete again with his quarterback, because we all like one thing we know, right? Nick Foles is going to be here next year, like the way his contract is, unless they trade him, mm-hmm. he's going to be here next year. So if that is what you're told, and you're Mitch Trubisky, I I, I don't see how that's a very enviable opportunity. I I think uh, a a different place where you know again yeah as you said Hogue, if you, you he's got a you know chicago might give him a chance to start while another place would say hey you're going to come in as our backup um but yeah i think that's just gonna be a tough sell to him if it's the same group of guys because imagine if Nagy's back you know he, he's going to want to use the draft to draft his a guy that works in his system and you go back to you know what he's going to want to do because again it goes back to sustainability of of the offense mr Trubisky ran against houston i don't know if matt Nagy views that style of offense with who they have is something that could be a 16-game winner. I, I'm not saying that's what I believe. I think you can certainly do it. I mean, we've seen it work in the NFL, certainly. But I just don't know if that's what the head coach would envision. 
Allen Robinson get a contract extension yet? No. No. Giannis got one. Uh, No. Just checking. Does Johns know who Giannis is? No. What? This this Buck superstar? Yeah. Just signed the Supermax deal. Nice try there, Fish. (laughs) I'll give you $10 right now if you could say his name properly. I I cannot. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Did I come close? Close. I don't think that's right, though. Say it again. Antetokounmpo? No. I think I added a T there. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I can pronounce Michael, tight end Michael Ho'omanawanui. Oh, yeah. TJ, who's your mama? Wasn't that an old... Hushman Zada? Yeah, but wasn't that from like an old fancy football commercial? Sounds right. Something like that. Uh, All right. Anything else we want to attack here before we got out of here in our Big Picture Tuesday podcast, a victory... What do we call it again at the top? Victory? No, you. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll give you guys this. This isn't a fun fact. Just a nugget for a story. I'll have Wednesday, and John's probably gonna have a little bit on this on a story he has later this week. I was comparing what, like the roster right now for 2021 to what Ryan Pace inherited, and like there's no contest. Like if Ryan, like if there's a new GM next year, like what he's inheriting is so much better than 2015. Yes. I know it's easy to compare 2014 and this year with the embarrassing back-to-back losses and all that stuff. We all know this is not 2014, but you know when you think about the potential changes that could be coming, it's an easy comparison. And I was just going through, and again, this isn't like illuminating. I think people, most people can realize this, but I just went back and looked at that 2014 roster just to kind of jog my memory. Like all Ryan Pace got in terms of young talent was pretty much Kyle Long, Alshon Jeffrey, and Kyle Fuller. Like that's it. He got Charles the, Leno. Yeah, Charles Leno. But at the time, not because Charles Leno was just you know at the time Charles Leno was a backup. He was Pat, a point. Yeah. Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell. No, um, no, you're you're absolutely right, yeah. and that's the the you know he. I don't think Pace gets enough credit for rebuilding the defense. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying like we. I'm, I'm not going to go right. Uh, let's say, the story is not to say, hey, look at all these other guys Ryan Pace found, because I think Ryan Pace would be the first to tell you this is a results-based business, and the results haven't been there, and the quarterback hasn't been what he thought it would be. But I, I think just when you look ahead to the future, um, this is not. You know, like there's a lot. I understand the idea of like the Bears are set up horribly for the long term when you look at the quarterback situation, the salary cap, the aging defense. But if anything that we saw on Sunday against Houston, there are some like really intriguing young pieces on this team that I think it's worth you know being somewhat excited about. Fair enough. Um, All right. Well, good stuff today. Uh, Always love having Matt Bowen on. Um, I like having you on too, Kevin. Uh, Northwestern. Oh yeah, keeps, keeps the land of Lincoln trophy. Keeps the hat in Evanston. Another win over the school down south. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens on uh, on Saturday morning in Indianapolis. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you this. I like that it's 11 a.m. game. Uh, yeah, 11 a.m. game, empty dome, and they're going to be playing their butts off for Mike Hankwitz. Get him win four uh, four hundred. 
Yeah, that that would be real a shame if they lost on Saturday and whatever bowl game they're in, and he retires with 399 wins. Well, that'll make the Michigan State loss hurt even more. Yeah. I feel like he's coached long enough that he could probably find a loss that, you know, the other team would vacated for some reason. And, and he get it to count as a win. win. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, he, probably. Could, he could probably do that. But, uh, yeah, go Cats. All right. Well, that'll be fun on uh, Saturday. I'll be there down in Indy. It'll be really weird being in the Lucas Oil Stadium with no fans. Although, I guess I'm kind of actually, you know, the combine, that's how it is. Maybe it won't actually be that weird. I don't know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Um, Kev, we should probably give a shout-out to Dr. Jim Phillips, too, for yeah. be- being named the ACC commissioner. A best, lot of affinity for that guy. Best athletic director in the history of Northwestern. And this is someone who took over from Mark Murphy, who is now the president of the Packers. I mean, it's not like... You know, he took over for some slouch, and he yeah. uh, did an incredible job with the school. Uh, I know he's been very good to the Hogue family. I've always enjoyed my uh, interactions with him. Um, it's a big loss for Northwestern. It's a big, big get for the ACC. So good luck to uh, Dr. Jim. I'm, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. Oh, yeah, every week, I'm sure. What game uh, were we going to, Kev, where we ran into him at the airport? Uh, Bears at Washington football team. Yeah. Right, it's the first time I ever interacted with him. Well, he's you, one of he, the nicest. He knew who I was. He won me over right there. there. That's all <laughs> you need to win Adam Johns over. Just, Just know who he is. Head. Just pump up that head a little bit more. Yeah. Um, by the way, shout out to somebody on the Illinois staff, and I apologize because it was a very bad moment, but it was before the game um, on Saturday against Northwestern. But somebody on the Illinois staff is a listener of this podcast. And was trying to say hello to me, and I was. It was kind of a frantic moment where we were having technical difficulties and trying to get fits for the pregame show. And I was literally running down there with the microphone, trying to find the coach, and it was just bad timing. But I, so I didn't really get to talk to him, and I apologize for that. But appreciate you listening to the podcast, and um, sorry that Northwestern got the hat. Was it Lovey Smith? No, it was not Lovey. <laughs> Kevin liked oh. that one. I was if, I was if, thinking the same thing. If it was Lovey that if Lovey listens to this podcast, don't read my ten bear signs. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that because I didn't. The idea of Lovey coming back to coach the Bears. No, thank you. No. All right. Uh, let's for real get out of here. Follow Kevin on Twitter at KFish. Bain, read him and John Z at The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan. John's you can read me. The 10 things are up. NBCSportsChicago.com. We'll talk to you Thursday as we preview Bears and Vikings. See ya. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>